Faith, Hope and Love, Episode 346, the third Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year C. In the wonderful first reading, we see an ancient example of the people of God gathering to listen to God's word and to give praise and worship to the Lord. This pattern, all these many centuries later, is still very familiar. God's people, including us today, gather to listen to God's word and appreciate the meaning of it for our lives here and now. And it touches our hearts and minds and deepens our dedication to the Lord. Sometimes God's word challenges us and cuts us to the heart, as that first reading says, and it reveals our areas in need of growth. At other times, God's word encourages and nurtures us, but God's word never fails to be a source of grace and life for all who receive the word. May we always open our hearts and minds to the fullness of God's word. May we cherish it. May we be moved by it. May we treasure it and live it. And what a beautiful second reading. St. Paul once again gives us a superb image. Just as the body has many parts, but is still just one body, so we, God's people, are invited to remember the unity we have with one another, that shared sense of purpose and the lived reality that our good is tied to the good of all people through our unity in God. Each one of us have gifts, but these gifts are given to share. So we really need to help and support one another, especially those most in need. St. Luke wrote his version of the gospel, which we hear today and throughout most of this year, and he says he did this to provide an orderly account of things relating to Jesus. Luke also wrote the Acts of the Apostles, clearly addressing at the start of both books the same person named, Your Excellency Theophilus, a name, incidentally, which means lover of God. This most excellent Theophilus, as he's called, was obviously a Gentile believer with a high rank and a high status in that society. The Gospel particularly speaks to influential and powerful Gentiles, who are trying to work out what this our Lord Jesus was on about and what he was asking of them and what's God's core values. And Luke's writing is inviting and challenging in equal measure. At the very start of our Lord's ministry, God's ancient words are announced as being fulfilled right here, right now, as you listen. In this extraordinary speech at the synagogue in his own hometown, Jesus spells out the blueprint for his ministry, an incredibly generous and compassionate ministry at that. It's a stunning declaration of the dawning of a new era of God's favour, God's kindness and grace, where all the hopes and dreams of the poor, the needy, and those who've been downtrodden have been noticed by God, and those concerns are committed to God's care. God really cares a lot about how badly people are faring, and God means to do something about it, which God has done throughout history. And God is doing it through Jesus, the Son of God, and God the Son. And God is using the followers of Jesus as well. God wants people to see their destiny as bound up with the worries of others as well, and to use our gifts and influence to make a difference 
not just for ourselves or our families and friends, but for the good of all people whom we are united to in the body of Christ. Jesus' hometown of Nazareth was a very important location. It was a city of some, at the time, 20,000 people. And so our Lord's speech at Nazareth, a town in Galilee, Galilee, by the way, means circle of the nations, which is very revealing, probably because the large number of people from other nations who settled in that region. It's timely and it's perfectly placed. At the crossroads of all the nations, God has intervened in our history and has come to give us news. And thank goodness, it's very, very good news for the poor and the needy particularly. The poor are all of us in one way or another. Many of us are captive or poor to one thing or another in our lives. We're desperately in need of the news Jesus has to give us. So this news from Jesus is for all of us, for everyone. And we take heart that Jesus has us in his mind when he begins his mission to save and help people in need and to free us from whatever imprisons or impoverishes us in any way. And that includes financial poverty, but it also means a lot of other things in which we are truly poor. The first step seems to be freedom, to be free from anything that stops us being the loving people God wants us to be and calls us to be. Free to respond compassionately and justly to everyone around us and those in need specifically. Free from wasting our time and energy on anything that doesn't last. Jesus' words are not merely talk, because he immediately sets about doing what he's just announced, involving himself fully in the lives of those who are suffering and who feel very lost. Let us, as one body in Christ, recognise that we are all in this together. It is not them or us, or every person for themselves. It is us, gathered and united in Christ, to be open to, cooperate with and trust in our Lord, who is good news in everything he says and everything he does. In fact, he's the very best news we will ever hear. This is Faith, Hope and Love. When I was a child, my youthful heart, when it was running, Wild, but wiser now, I will rest those ways. Though somehow a part of me can say, For faith, hope, and love abide, and the greatest one is love. Now we see unclearly as if we. To a mirror dimly, though through a veil I might see your face. I'll know then love's warmth and grace. For faith, hope, and love abide, and the greatest one is love. Love, it is patient. The greatest gift in all creation 
A gift that's lighter than the words of you Not resentful, but gaining joy in truth For faith, hope, and love abide And the greatest one is love Sing a new song to the Lord. Sing to the Lord all the earth. In his presence a majesty and splendor. Strength and honor in his holy place. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Hello everyone and goodness and kindness to all of you. Brothers and sisters, as we prepare ourselves to celebrate the Lord's Supper, let's first recall our sins and acknowledge them in silence. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Glory to God.
Let us pray that our lives will be filled with good works. Almighty ever-living God, direct our actions according to your good pleasure, that in the name of your beloved Son we may abound in good works. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Nehemiah. The priest Ezra brought the law before the assembly, both men and women, and all who could hear with understanding. This was on the first day of the seventh month. He read from it facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. The scribe Ezra stood on a wooden platform that had been made for the purpose. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. Then they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. So the Levites read from the book, from the law of God with interpretation. They gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then Ezra said to them, Go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine, and send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Word of the Lord Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. The law of the Lord is perfect, it revives the soul. The rule of the Lord is to be trusted, it gives wisdom to the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, they gladden the heart. The command of the Lord is clear, it gives light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is holy, abiding for ever. The decrees of the Lord are truth, and all of them just. May the spoken words of my mouth, the thoughts of my heart, win favour in your sight, O Lord, my rescuer, my rock. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life.
A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. The Word of the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord has sent me to bring good news to the poor and freedom to prisoners. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Since many have undertaken to set down an orderly account of the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed on to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, I too decided, after investigating everything carefully from the very first, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the truth concerning the things about which you have been instructed. Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread throughout the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The Gospel of the Lord Returning to your hometown after a long absence can be a rather confronting experience. Will we recognise the people and the houses? Will we be remembered and will we be able to capture the same feelings we once experienced in this place of security? Will I be a stranger in a place I used to call home? What we usually find, although there has been change, is that we too have changed and we need to balance our understanding with what was and now with what is. 
Now this is the kind of introduction Luke gives us in today's Gospel. Here is someone who has gone from his hometown for a while and is now returning for a visit. There are some who will remember him as a little child, others who knew his father and mother, and there will be others who will look at him with curiosity and suspicion. He's not just any man returning home, because his reputation has preceded him. He's something of a minor celebrity. Will he be as wise as they have heard? Or will he try to convince them to change their comfortable ways? As expected, he goes to the synagogue, where he sat as a young boy, and is handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, where he reads the famous lines that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he sent me to bring good news. He then sat down as a sign that an important teaching was to follow. This man, Jesus, tells them something that startles them and gives them cause for great concern. Today, this scripture is being fulfilled in your hearing, he says. Surely he can't be suggesting that he's the fulfillment of the prophet Isaiah. They've been looking so far into the future for their Messiah that they were unable to accept that the time had come, that he was there with them. Naturally, this was too hard to believe until he was able to accompany his prophetic words with outstanding signs. But for the present, they were wary and reserved. The word that got to them was today, because they had been trained to look to the future for salvation. Jesus makes long-range forecasts, but he makes no promises that things will be any different in the future. Rather, he claims the power to transform is in the present. There are no good times coming. They are here and now. And the kingdom of God is among them, he declares. Luke is emphatic that Jesus underscores this in almost all the things he says. Today is what counts. Today grace abounds. Today the kingdom of God will be revealed. Today God is revealed behind every episode in your life. It was this very reason that this gospel challenged the people of his hometown, and it challenges us to live and be open to the life of Christ. So how can we discover this everyday grace? Perhaps we could start by living one day of acceptance. What would it be like if we gave ourselves the opportunity for just one day to concentrate on totally accepting everyone and making no judgments? Does that sound too difficult a task? Or do we no longer notice when we judge others? If we consider it, everything we think and say and do reacts on us like a boomerang. Every judgment, every criticism and attack comes back to us. Equally, every act of love and compassion and generosity does the same and comes back to us sometimes with increase. Secondly, we should look for the opportunities in today, even if it's not quite what we bargained for. Sometimes the problem or intrusion can contain the grace of the day that we weren't expecting. We should allow ourselves time to put things in perspective. Did I make the problem bigger than it really was? Did that person take more time than I wanted to give? Was it really a major issue to spend more time than I had, or had I planned on assisting a person in need? The fulfillment of God's promise today is the key, so that we will not miss the chance to be part of God's saving action in what we think as the ordinariness of our lives. A day of acceptance without judgment. A day of opportunity without complaint. A day of perspective without fear. Starting today.
The Apostles' Creed I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ his only Son our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Rejoicing in the presence of the Lord, we now pray. For our Pope and all Christian leaders, that they will continue to inspire others by their lives. Lord, hear us. For those in government, that they will show true concern for the less privileged in society. Lord, hear us. For those who are alienated and neglected, that the Spirit of the Lord may inspire us all to support them. Lord, hear us. For those who work to make this community a place of welcome, that they may continue to build community with renewed enthusiasm. Lord, hear us. For all who have gone before us, marked with the sign of faith, that they may have peace, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. Almighty God, listen to our humble prayers, which we make through Christ our Lord. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands. It will become for us the bread of life. By the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. With humble and contrite heart, may we be accepted by you, O Lord, and may our sacrifice in your sight this day be pleasing to you, Lord God. Wash me, O Lord, from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours 
may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at our hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Accept our offerings, O Lord, we pray, and in sanctifying them, grant that they may profit us for salvation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Preface 2 of Sundays in Ordinary Time The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For out of compassion for the waywardness that is ours, he humbled himself and was born of the Virgin. By the passion of the cross he freed us from unending death, and by rising from the dead he gave us life eternal. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy, and you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you by the same Spirit Graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and, giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. Save us, Saviour of the world, for by your cross and resurrection you have set us free. 
Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church, and recognising the sacrificial victim by whose death you willed to reconcile us to yourself, grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Saint Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, and with all the saints, on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth with your servant, Francis, our Pope, and Mark, our Bishop, and his assistant, Ken, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters and to all who were pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory. Through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours for ever and ever. Amen. At the Saviour's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. May the mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to us who receive it. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, 
have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, grant us peace. May the receiving of your body and blood, Lord Jesus Christ, not bring me to judgment and condemnation, but through your loving mercy, be for me protection in mind and body and a healing remedy. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. May the body of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. Amen. May the blood of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. Amen. Look toward the Lord and be radiant. Let your faces not be abashed. A prayer for spiritual communion in union with all who are unable to physically receive communion at this time. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the blessed sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already here, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Body of Christ. Amen. the blood of Christ. Amen. Let us pause for a time of quiet post-communion prayer and reflection.
What has passed our lips as food, O Lord, may we possess in purity of heart, that what has been given to us in time may be our healing for eternity. Let us pray. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that receiving the grace by which you bring us to new life, we may always glory in your gift. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks, everyone. I'm extremely grateful for you joining us for this special time of praise and reflection upon God's word and encounter with God's sacrament wherever you are. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go forth. The Mass is ended. Faith, Hope and Love, Christian Worship and Reflection, led by Rev. Paul Kelly. Prayers and Chants, the Roman Missal, 3rd edition, copyright 2010, the International Commission on English and the Liturgy. Scriptures, New Revised Standard Version, copyright 1989 and 2009, the NCC USA. Psalms, 1963 and 2009, The Grail, Collins Publishers. Prayers of the Faithful, Together We Pray, by Robert Borg, E.J. Dwyer Publishers, 1993, Sydney, Australia. Sung Mass in Honour of St. Ralph Sherwin, by Jeffrey M. Ostrovsky, The Gloria, copyright 2011, ccwatershed.org. Faith, Hope and Love, Theme Hymn, in memory of William John Kelly, inspired by 1 Corinthians 13, 1-13. Music by Paul W. Kelly, arranged and sung with additional lyrics by Stefan Kelk, 2019. Quiet Time Instrumental Reflection Music, written by Paul W. Kelly, 1988-2007, and this arrangement, Stephen Kelp, 2020. Today I Arise, Patricia J. Kelly, original words and music by Paul W. Kelly, inspired by St. Patrick's Prayer, arranged and sung with additional lyrics by Stephen Kelp, 2019. Production by KER 2022. May God bless and keep you. Today I arise with love from on high, the name of the three in one. Today I arise.